Is the Bible intimidating for you to read? Do you need someone to help guide you through God's Word? Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. The Bible is the best-selling book of all time, but let's face it, it can also be a challenge to read because it contains more than 600,000 words, two testaments, and 66 different books. But how does it all fit together? How do we clearly understand God's continuous story from Genesis to Revelation? That's why I wrote my new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Volume one based on the 39 books of the Old Testament is now available, and I'd like to send you a copy. Here's Brian with details. Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, is now available. For a gift of $30 or more, request your copy of the 384-page book today. When you order the print book, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The Digital Library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and 8 eBooks. To order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And Pastor Ron, I'm sure many of our listeners are looking forward to reading this important book. I know I am. Talk about some of the challenges you faced as you put this project together and tell us why this two-volume book can be such a great resource for those listening right now. Brian, I knew the ultimate road trip through the Bible would be a pretty big challenge to write as a two-volume set, as challenging to write as the Bible is intimidating for some people to read. But it was truly a labor of love, as is reading God's Word from Genesis to Revelation. I'm hopeful that these resources will show the readers just how beautifully the whole of the Bible fits together into an inspired and unified love letter from God to every member of his creation. Thanks, Pastor Ron. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org to order volume one of this great resource for your gift of $30 or more, or call our offices at 757-276-1099. If you would like to mail your check, our address is P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. In James chapter 4, verse 2, we read these sobering words, You envy and cannot obtain, so you quarrel and fight. Today on Something Good, Dr. Ron Jones takes us to the sixth of the seven deadly sins, envy. It stirs up untold amounts of strife in relationships, in the church, and society at large. How can we overcome this deadly sin? Find out next as Ron continues his teaching series, Undefeated, overcoming the deadly sins that drag you down. Stay with us here or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And while you're there, check out Something Good Television, Something Good Courses, Something Good Travel, and the new Something Good Digital Library, where you can search for biblical answers to your questions from nearly 30 years of Ron's Bible teaching ministry. With today's Something Good Radio message, Defeating Envy, here's Dr. Ron Jones. Carol Markowitz is a uh, columnist for the New York Post, and not too long ago she wrote an article titled, America's Ugly Epidemic of Social Media Envy. Interesting title, at least it caught my attention. 
And she begins with a provocative question. When did envy become okay? And she went on to write, I'm constantly hearing or seeing not very guilty admissions of people being jealous of a friend for, say, something seen on Instagram. Whether it's eye-rolling at a friend's exotic trip, snarking on someone's great seats at the ball game, or commenting about an acquaintance's restaurant-every-night lifestyle, jealousy is in. Have we become a culture of green-eyed monsters who, in the parlance of hip-hop, hate on our friends and acquaintances for all they have and what we don't have? Maybe it's social media, she says. Study after study shows that our jealousy spikes with our use of social sharing sites. Interesting, isn't it? And she goes on to cite two university studies that suggest this is true. Uh, according to a study at the University of Michigan, get this, the more people use Facebook, the worse they feel about their own lives. Does any of that ring true? And then there was another study by Oxford University across the pond in England there. Instagram is the most envy-inducing social media platform. Interesting studies. <laughs> my, my question and my reaction to this was, why are two esteemed universities even doing studies like this? But it's interesting the glimpse they give us into our culture today. Markowitz concludes with this insightful and somewhat damning observation of our uh, culture and our social media practices. She says, never before, listen to this, never before have so many had so much while still wanting more. I'll let that sink in just for a moment. And then ask yourself this question. Does that describe me? Am I among those that she describes as never before having so much and have had so much while still wanting more? Uh, Moya Sarnar is a columnist for another periodical called The Guardian, and she agrees uh, with Carol Markowitz. She says, we live in the age of envy. Career envy, kitchen envy, children envy, food envy, upper arm envy, whatever that is, holiday envy. She says, you name it, there's an envy for it. Human beings have always felt what Aristotle defined in the fourth century BC as pain at the sight of another's good fortune, stirred by those who have what we ought to have. She says, though it would be another thousand years before envy would make it on to Pope Gregory's list of the seven deadly sins. We're in a series of messages called Undefeated, Overcoming the Deadly Sins That Drag You Down, and we're talking about, yeah, a list of uh, vicious vices that appeared back in the sixth century. Pope Gregory was the one who uh, put, first put the list out there, pride, anger, lust, laziness, gluttony, envy, and greed. And today we're talking about defeating envy, what is sometimes called the green-eyed monster. Have you ever heard that phrase? Is the green-eyed monster alive and well in you? Now, that phrase probably started with, of all people, Shakespeare back in 1603 when he wrote one of his tragedies called Othello. Oh, beware, my lord of jealousy, it is the green-eyed monster which doth mock. <laughs> Great words from Shakespeare. But you may be wondering, what, what is envy? 
Let's insert a definition here from the dictionary. Envy is a feeling of discontent or covetousness with regard to another's advantages, successes, or possessions. Now think about that. Envy, that green-eyed monster, rears its ugly head in our lives when we look around and compare ourselves to one another and say, you have a greater advantage than I do. You have more privilege than I do. You've achieved more success than I do. You have more stuff than I do. You go on better vacations than I do. I want what I should get, and I want yours. Uh, you, you, you hear it in our culture today. And some of what is happening in our culture, the way we're spinning out of control in so many different ways, and I understand there are deeper issues and legitimate issues we need to discuss at this stage in our history, and we want to make more progress on the all men are created equal and all of that, but some of it is driven by envy. Some of it is driven by the kind of jealousy that says, you have an advantage I don't have. You have a privilege I don't have. You have stuff that I don't have. Listen, friends, America is a place of equal opportunity. It's not a place of equal outcomes. Never has been. Equal opportunity, yes. And we need to make progress on making sure there's opportunity, equal opportunity for all. But there will always be somebody who has more than you. There will always be somebody who has more than me. And guess what? Somebody is looking at you and the stuff that you have, and they're full of envy and jealousy. They may peek in on your social media uh, feeds and see a, wow, a vacation that you took or a new this or a new that that you bought. Or yeah, you, you know how we position ourselves here. We always look our best, don't we? Is it to invoke jealousy and envy in our friends, in our neighbors? Well, according to Carol Markowitz, it's working. When did envy become okay? But here, here's the thing. Equal opportunity, yes. Not equal outcome. There will always be somebody who has more. And that green-eyed monster, if we let him run loose in our hearts, <laughs> it'll just create a dark place there that, uh, well, we got to get after in defeat. In fact, long before Pope Gregory or uh, Shakespeare or even Aristotle, the philosopher, put their fingers on envy and called it a deadly sin or a vicious vice, there was a guy named Moses who came down the slope of Mount Sinai with two clay tablets in his hands. And we know it as the Ten Commandments, uh, written upon by nothing less than the finger of Almighty God. And do you remember what the Tenth Commandment says? Let me, uh, let me remind you. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 17, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything. Say the word anything with me. Anything, anything that is your neighbor's. Don't covet it. Don't let the green-eyed monster get the best of you and you have envy toward what your neighbor has. The renowned theologian J.I. Packer calls covetousness the first cousin to envy. And that word covet may seem a little bit strange to our modern ears. Uh, you, you may not use it in your everyday language. 
You may prefer the word envy or jealousy, but covetousness, it just uh, seems strange to us. But more than 3,000 years ago, from God's perspective, he felt that it was one of the top 10 things he wanted to communicate to his people for their ordering, not only of the human heart, but the proper ordering of society as they lived uh, in that theocracy uh, in the Old Testament, the Lord said, listen, <laughs> you're not going to do well with me or with one another if your heart is full of, of covetousness and envy. Uh, in some sense, when you're reading the Ten Commandments and you're studying them, you remember those commandments that we took down from the walls and we said wasn't important to the ordering of our society or the, or the ordering of our human hearts? Those ten commandments, it's easy to underestimate the tenth one. It's easy to read through those ones that we know, you know, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, uh, honor your father and your mother, all those kinds of things. But we forget the one about covetousness. We, we almost say the Ten Commandments end with a whimper, not a bang. Until you realize the interconnectedness between this Tenth Commandment and all the others. Again, J.I. Packer uh, notes the way covetousness, for example, was at the root of King David's greatest sin. Listen to this. He says, David took Bathsheba, thus by theft, breaking the Eighth Commandment, and got her pregnant, thus breaking the Seventh Commandment, and then to avoid scandal, arranged for her husband Uriah to be killed, uh, thus breaking the Sixth. And it all began with David coveting his neighbor's wife, a breach of the Tenth. Up next, the second half of today's message with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. If you're listening to Something Good Radio for the first time, we'd like to send you a free chapter of Ron's most popular book, Mysteries of the Afterlife. Consider it our way of saying, thanks for being part of our radio listening family. Stop by our website, somethinggoodradio.org, and click the I'm New icon right at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, share your prayer request with us by using the Explore feature. That's at the top of the homepage, where you'll find the How Can We Pray For You option. Our ministry team will be happy to join you in prayer, so contact us anytime. Envy or covetousness, is the sixth of the seven deadly sins. What makes it so dangerous is where it leads us. Here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good radio message, Defeating Envy. You see, back when the deadly sins were first um, uh, before us and emerging, they called them gateway sins. Why was envy and jealousy and covetousness a deadly sin? Because it could become a gateway, well, to murder, to adultery. Uh, to, to, to the breaking of all of the commandments. I'll take Packer's words and go a little bit further. According to Colossians chapter 3 and verse 5, covetousness, trying to help you understand just how serious this matter is, covetousness is idolatry, which breaks the first and second commandments about worshiping God exclusively. So in summary, what we could say about King David, and I'm sorry to pick on David, but he, he's the example in Scripture here, King David violated the first, second, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth commandments in a single act of envy-driven, jealousy-driven self-indulgence. And I was thinking all along this was going to be one of the easier ones to tackle. 
Now oh, that green-eyed monster, it, uh, it threatens every one of us. Uh, before we get on to some ways that, um, that we can uh, defeat envy, let's uh, look at some other examples. Not only David, who, who coveted uh, Uriah's wife, and that story is found in 2 Samuel chapter 11. But let's go all the way back to the beginning. Let's go back to the book of Genesis. And, and let's just stop off in Genesis chapter 4. Remember the story of Cain and Abel? Envy and covetousness was all over it. Because they both made an offering to God, but God preferred Abel's offering over Cain's. And Cain grew jealous of that. He grew envious of Abel's offering. And that gateway sin led to what? The first murder. The first murder in the Bible started with envy and covetousness. Genesis chapter 37, you have the story of Joseph. And Joseph was a young boy, 17 years old. He was the apple of his daddy's eye, right? Uh, so fond of Joseph was Jacob. But Jacob had 12 sons. But he kind of preferred Joseph and gave Joseph a coat of many colors. And Joseph, you know, a little young boy, uh, prances around like a peacock in his multicolored jacket and stirred and evoked the jealousy of his brothers. And what did they do? They threw him in a pit and then sold him into slavery. Yeah, we could, we could tell Joseph, you know, uh, he could have handled the fondness of his father with a little bit more maturity, but still, no excuse for the jealous, envious, rage of his own brothers. And, and then uh, probably the most infamous story of jealousy and envy in the Bible is the relationship between King Saul and King David, young King David. Long before the David and Bathsheba scene, Israel wanted a king. Israel looked around and they saw the other nations. The other nations had kings. We want a king too. They went to the prophet Samuel and said, get us a king. Samuel said, no, God is your king. You know, they, it started with envy. They envied the other nations that had kings. Uh, finally, the prophet Samuel goes to the Lord and said, what am I supposed to do with this? And the Lord says, listen, they've already rejected me as king, so give them a king. Saul became king. Saul started out well, but he ended poorly. The rise and fall of King Saul is one of the great tragedies uh, in the Bible. And when the Lord had uh, taken the kingdom away from Saul, he told Samuel to go find uh, the king amongst Jesse's sons. And this is where David was, the young little shepherd boy. And David went out and he slayed the giant Goliath. And, well, his fame just rocketed to the moon. And the cheerleaders used to say as David would come back from his... Uh, his uh, military escapades, you know, Saul has slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands. And you know what it did in the heart of Saul? It stirred up the green-eyed monster. And he grew jealous of David. And he pursued David. He hunted him down. He threw a spear at David and, you know, was out to get David until finally Saul dies and David assumes the throne. It is a story dripping in envy and jealousy and covetousness. Even the Apostle Paul struggled with covetousness and envy. If you were to ask Paul, if you were to put the seven deadly sins in front of the Apostle Paul and say, which one do you struggle with the most? You know what he would say? Envy. And he'd point us to Romans chapter 7 in verses 7 and 8. He says, if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. 
The law he's talking about is the Ten Commandments, the moral law of God. For I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said, you shall not covet. But sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of covetousness, for apart from the law, sin lies dead. What's Paul saying here? He's saying, before, before I even heard that coveting was wrong, I didn't even know I had the green-eyed monster in me. But as soon as I read the law, you shall not covet anything of your neighbors, suddenly I became aware I was a sinner. I was a sinner who had violated the holy standard of God and I needed the grace of God. We could go on uh, in Scripture to many other places where envy is singled out as a, well, as something we must defeat. Job chapter 5 and verse 2, surely vexation kills the fool and jealousy slays the simple. Psalm 37 verses 1 and 2, fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Proverbs gives us wise words about uh, living in the horizontal world in which we live. Uh, chapter 14 and verse 30, a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. What a picture there. Jealousy, envy, covetousness, it'll rot you from the inside out. Chapter 23 and verse 17, let not your heart envy sinners but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. Let's step into the New Testament. Let's go to that great love chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you know? I love one that says love is patient, love is kind. Love does not envy. It'll destroy a marriage. It'll destroy a, a relationship. Do you want to overcome envy? The place to start is by thanking God for what you have, instead of focusing on what you have not. Hello friend, I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I wanna speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed Something Good, did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to something good, which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same? Will you help us share something good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 8.28, which in the message says, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry. So please join the 828 Club today. Here's Brian with all the details. Remember, when you partner with us, we'll send you a free copy of Ron Jones' full-length book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, Exploring Its Amazing Secrets. To join the 828 Club today, please visit our new and improved website, somethinggoodradio.org, and use the Partners tab at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org. 
or call 757-276-1099. Learn contentment. You know, back when the uh, Seven Deadly Sins came out, um, and back from the 6th century on, they would work them into plays and poetry and uh, different ways of talking about them. I mentioned earlier in the series that they, they would always work in the corresponding heavenly virtues. And the most often corresponding heavenly virtue to envy was gratitude, but I, I got to add another one there. It's contentment. Uh, they're, they're, they're kind of in the same, in the same field. Uh, they're, they're, they're in a related family. That's next time when Dr. Ron Jones shares part two of his message, Defeating Envy. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the whole team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.